Welcome to Nattering with the Knights. Nord Anglia International School, Hong Kong's P department, talking about sport, physical activity, health and a host of other topics. On this episode of Nattering with the Knights, Mr. Pate talks to Mr. Day about his sporting career from a young man all the way through to his current journey as a football manager outside of school. We hope that some of the stories entertain you and inspire you. Get the earphones in, get out and get active and enjoy the episode. Welcome to our next episode of Nattering with the Knights. I am delighted to be joined here by one of our PE teachers and the school PSHCE coordinator, Mr Nick Day. He is such a busy man in the school these days that we've had to arrange this podcast for a Monday night. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Mr Day? Uh, very good, thank you. Just got back from a football game. Excellent. You're, you're always a, a busy man in and around school and obviously after school as well. But let, let's go back to the, the very start. Uh, could you possibly tell our, our listeners uh, a bit about your own sporting background? Yeah, I think my family have always been keen in sport and keen pushing me into different sports. Uh, but I did start off playing uh, football and doing some swimming, swimming lessons. Uh, it was really my secondary school which pushed me into sports. And it was a rugby school, actually. Six rugby pitches and two football pitches which I didn't particularly like when I first joined but it got me into all sorts of sports there was cross country swimming football athletics rugby Um, I was actually a late developer in football I was a goalkeeper when I first played football and I didn't like it because my uh, my mum used to give us 50p if we got man of the match. I played with my two brothers. You know what pitches are like in the UK? It's cold, wet, it's muddy. It's probably like that in Scotland, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I'm in the goal, it's freezing. And when you're playing under 10s, under 11s, you know, it's never a 1-0. It's 10-0 or uh, it's 10-8 or 20-20, whatever it might be. So my mum used to give these 50ps for the man of the match. And because I was a goalkeeper, A, I'd, I'd let I'd let in ten goals, but B I was never going to score goals or influence the game that much. Sure. So I'd never yeah I'd never get man of the match. So I didn't like it. So I'd, I asked if I could play out. I think I started as a centre back and then played in midfield, centre forward, left left midfield. I played basically all over. So I thought I was very versatile. Yeah, in terms of growing through school, I, I felt I was good at football in my class. Played for my school team. We did quite well. I played or I had a few trials for local teams like Rochdale and Oldham, Stockport County, and was there for a little while, not too long, a couple of months, but just didn't quite make the cut. Played for a team in Norwich, which we got to uh, a final and played at Portman Road in the Cup. We had about 2,000 in the stadium. Wow. As I've got older, I've liked skiing, whiteboarding, cycling. Lots of sort of variety of, uh, of sports and that, that's interesting because when you first uh, came to our school, uh, I heard from a, a very reliable source uh, that you were a very good footballer. Uh, and I've only ever played football with you once uh, and you were playing in goals, funnily enough. But this time, I think you were you were recovering from two, uh, your second knee operation. Uh, I mean, you did dribble the ball over the halfway line, which was quite impressive I didn't realise, obviously, that you'd played football to such a you know a high level when you were younger. So that that was your main sport then, football. Yeah, so I joined the cross country team. We had some trials. We went through some local fixtures. We progressed through to uh, the Manchester finals. Then went on to the Northern Schools Cross Country Championship, uh, which we actually won. It was uh, we were the third team in Greater Manchester to ever win the event, and that was probably the biggest achievement I had from cross country. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, obviously, like. 
for our listeners would have heard from the, the first episode when I did athletics that you know I was a Scottish champion probably comparing Scotland to England it's almost like it is a, a district uh, size the similar size in England so so that's a good good standard uh, uh, that you got to in, in cross country I mean hopefully I won't offend you here by saying this but you don't exactly have the physique of a, a cross country runner these days have you uh, well, what's my physique like extreme mesomorph well I suppose that's how Mr Reed would like to to describe himself but no I'd say you're more of a power athlete these days would you agree some I agree no I was a skinny kid carried no weight so okay. it wasn't it wasn't until I went to university I started putting on some some weight and some muscle gains I guess from from going to the gym but I was quite skinny so I was good at middle distance and we, we used to train a lot so whatever I used to eat I used to burn off we were training three or four times a week and actually my, my PE teacher used to take us I don't think you get away with it now did you train on a track is that where you did your training yes yeah, at a tartan athletics track yes did you do cross country cross country I did at school as well yes yeah, just around the school perimeter was it your PE teacher who was like leading sessions or did you have a coach that no I never actually had a coach for cross country you're right yeah it was PE teacher same, same as you you were good at running so then you transferred the skill to cross country no the reason I asked because I, I didn't have a coach it was just like I said before our old school PE teacher and he used to say to be good at football you needed to be a good at cross country and vice versa because of the fitness and there was an article that was done in 2016 and it measured the distance between different athletes during a, a game so baseball for example they ran 0.037 miles American footballs were 1.25 miles. That was for the receivers and the um, cornerbacks. Basketball, 2.55 miles. Tennis was three miles. And the most was football at seven miles. So I guess the fitness was an added benefit. But of course, we know that there's different types of fitness rather than just doing continuous training. There are lots of breaks within football. And actually, Martin, James Milner, the football player, he was a cross-country champion. So, although he was a footballer, he was also a very good cross-country runner. There's a fact for you. Well, obviously, you've uh, you, you've sort of changed tack in terms of your, your focus. So, obviously, when you were younger, you used to do a lot of cross-country. You've told us you played a bit of football. Well, well what actually stopped you going further in these the, these sort of disciplines like football and athletics? Why did you eventually stop doing sport like a lot of young people actually do, you know, to, to a certain level? I think for me, I enjoyed sport. I, I enjoyed participating in all sports. Maybe if I'd focused on one sport, I may have been a little bit better. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just kind of liked, I liked doing all sports. Um, I knew I was okay at football in school. But when you actually get into the academies, you realize that there's so many players who, who are just so much better than you are. And they've just got that natural talent. So I tried hard. I always tried hard. Any sport, I would try my my absolute best. Well, I suppose what you're talking about there is, is variety in terms of your, your old style PE teacher. I mean, obviously he sounded as if he as if he had a lot of passion and he put in a lot of time to make sure you're successful. But I think you know certainly within our PE department, we want we want to offer variety to, to our pupils and our, our students, and we want to make sure that they, they have an opportunity to try out different sports. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're not the old style elitist type of PE teacher now I would say I think that's the, that's key you know give every sport a go try your best I would actually would say and I think the studies have proved this if you offer a variety of sports you're actually going to be better at 
uh, one sport later on. Absolutely. So that multi-sports early, earlier on Definitely. and, and the, the data kind of backs that up. Yeah. And also uh, in 2016, there's a poll from the National Alliance for Youth Sports and that found that 70% of kids in the US stopped playing organized sports by the age of 13 just because it wasn't fun anymore. And now only six out of 10 children aged between five and 14 years old participate in sport outside of school. Sorry, go on, your next question. I'm not sure if our listeners will be aware, uh, but you're now a very successful football manager managing one of the top teams in the Yowie League in Hong Kong. Uh, so could you please tell us a bit about your managerial career so far? How far do you want me to go back? Well, what was your, f- what was your first uh, managerial experience then? I think you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get certain characters who want to lead or offer a, offers their services to help. And I've always been that person. I've always wanted to to give a helping hand. And I don't think anything's changed. So I was, uh, I was young, <laughs> was working in McDonald's as a youth. So I was 16 years old. They obviously uh, saw something in, in me when I was 16, 17, asked if I'd like to go on the uh, on a manager's course, whether they wanted to keep hold of me as, as a future manager of McDonald's, I don't know. From that, I, I'd left McDonald's and went to, to university. It was a part-time job while I was going through through college. But I learned a lot about myself then and a lot about a management role quite early on. It's very different to what uh, how I do things now. When I went to university, I played football for the, the football team at the university. And then at the end of the year, as players and, and the managers have, have left the university because they've graduated, I was asked uh, if I'd like to come in uh, a manager of a team. So I said, yeah, absolutely, I, I would love to do it. And uh, you're trying to pick a team, which is fair. But at the same time, these are your best friends at university. You go to lectures with them. Uh, you might even live with them and, and you've got to make that decision of putting them on the bench or, you know, I probably made some wrong decisions there and chose chose friendship over over the quality of the player. But that was just, I was young. These are my mates. So I wanted to kind of try and keep them happy. But even now, things are going well in the team and you're winning. You know, you give away the credit. The lads did well. They scored the goals. But when things go bad... That's when people aim at the coach and just look at the, the amount of football coaches which are sacked in the Premier League now. Over the last three years, there have been over 40 managers which have been sacked in the Premier League. You know, when it's, when it's all going well, it's the top players like Pogba or Messi, whatever, who are carrying the team. But when things don't go well, it's the coach that takes on that responsibility. And, and I guess that's, that's what your role is uh, as a manager. But in terms of how I got involved in Hong Kong, I was playing out here for, I think, a year, maybe a, a year and a half. And some the, the coach was leaving and asked if I wanted to, to take on. I was a little bit reluctant because I just wanted to turn up and play. But I accepted with the help of two other guys. And then unfortunately, I got injured, tore my ACL twice. So it took me out for about three years. And it just, while I couldn't play, I could still stand at the side of the pitch and be involved with the, the social side of it. And from leaving one club in Hong Kong, I then moved on to the Hong Kong Football Club, which is now where I'm, I'm at now, managing uh, an adult team. Okay, so so would you say that then? I suppose your your kind of hobby or your sport, you had to adapt and change then to to still be involved in the sport then at, at the time because of your injury. If you get injured, it doesn't mean that it's the end of your sporting career. You, you don't have to stay at home. You could be a coach. You can be a referee. You can just help out and be a ball boy if you want or be helping out the side of the pitch. For me, I knew that I was probably past my best as playing as a football, an amateur footballer. Two really significant injuries with my uh, knees. I wasn't very fast anyway and I lost a lot of speed. It was just natural for me to go into a manager, even, even though I, for the group I'm at now, I'm, I'm still learning, still making my 
mistakes. You know, I know what direction I want to go in and I want to communicate that to my players. But I also know that I'm going to make mistakes. And I guess if you're leading a sports team at school, you know, you need to have a common goal with your team. The pupils also need to know that you make mistakes and people will make mistakes, but that's just the nature of learning. Oh, definitely. Small steps. Yeah, definitely. We need to, to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I was just going to say that you, were, you were talking there about making mistakes and obviously that is a, a really important part of the, the learning process. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. The, you know, the biggest coaches look back and they've, they've made, you know, major mistakes and it's all about how you, you can bounce back and, and uh, learn from these mistakes and change things in the, in the future. So what was the, could you give us an example of one of the, the mistakes that you've made then as a football manager? What would be your, not to be negative, but your, your biggest mistake then? Oh, where do I start with that? I mean, I, I think in the early stages, uh, as I mentioned before, as I was younger, I was probably playing my friends uh, and, and trying to keep that friendship uh, and that relationship with my friends rather than upsetting people just because it was easier. But I think now you have to do what is best for the team. It might not be the most popular decision. It might not be the most popular choice that's what you're the manager for that's why you're a coach you've got to make them tough decisions and hope that you get it right and I think you'll get more respect that way so yeah I guess doing what is best for the team but also the way you communicate you know everyone's different there's different players some players are quite happy to to go on the pitch and perform they don't need you to talk to them afterwards or before um, they just get on with they turn up they play they do the job there's other players that just need a little bit more attention and you've got to kind of identify who these players are and, and what you know what their needs are to get the best out of them and you know, how can you get that how can you make them and, and get the best out of them while you're at your team what do you need to do to get the best out of them? Same, the same as the pupils right same as the kids you're playing for your football team you've got a set of a set of people you know which ones could take a little bit of a, a criticism and, and use that kind of feedback to improve others if you mention anything negative it's just not going to help that person yet if you said to them you know keep trying it was a good it was a good pass that you're doing really well uh, you know and have a little bit of confidence in them that it might just change that players players confidence and, and they perform better but yeah biggest mistake I guess the communication I think for me maybe just being a better communicator as I've, I've got older trying to trying to talk to to many players and just trying to I know I can't keep everybody happy all the time but trying to keep them keep them as happy as I can if that makes sense yeah no that's a, a great answer just in terms of communication and obviously learning through experience about how to communicate better and then you're talking there about relationships in terms of your players and, and knowing them better and knowing how to communicate with them as you do I suppose as a teacher you you develop and you you understand how to communicate how you want uh, pupils to learn as well no that's a, a great answer what what uh, top tips would you give to any of our pupils who are trying to break into some of the kind of top sporting squads in, in Hong Kong? I suppose okay. So for a a young aspiring athlete who is looking for a, a high level of of sport, looking to crack into a an academy, I certainly give a tip that I was given when I was younger by a coach who is now the first team fitness coach at Manchester United. He said to me, "When you go for a football trial, when I was fifteen, actually, he said." dye your hair green and I thought the guy was crazy and I was like I'm not gonna die I mean I'm 15 years old I couldn't do it but what I did do is I went out and bought a bright top I remember it was a Deodora uh, fluorescent yellow top and I turned up this football trial at Rochdale we went into the changing rooms and there was a kit laid out for us so we all had to put a kit on anyway so I, it, it didn't matter if I was wearing this kit because we were all in the same kit so I should have dyed my, my hair green because looking back 
we're all the same. They're all the same. There's, there's 50 people and you get looked at for two minutes, if that. And you need to, you need to shine and, and you need to be spectacular for that two minutes. And if you blend in like everybody else, you've got to do something really special. And I, I just blended in. And obviously I wasn't good enough. But I would say for someone who's looking to have a, a lifelong love, passion of sport, it's just to enjoy it, number one. Try hard and you know find a level which is suited for you. So in terms of your management, Hong Kong, the football teams, why do you do it? Very admirable to, to run a training session after a long, hard day of teaching and PE to then to go out again at nights and, and weekends. So why did you do it? I I just love sports and sport was was part of my identity and my character. And, and that's why I became a PE teacher. But as much as as much time that I have devoted to extracurricular activities outside of school and the stress that it comes with, I actually really enjoy it. I really do enjoy, enjoy it. And especially when we win, it's not about winning, but it does make it enjoyable. So I'd also like to ask you about how you see your role within our PE department. Uh, you're known to be a very personable teacher who really cares for his pupils but I'm not sure our listeners will know about your creative and entrepreneurial side could you tell us a bit about that that's a lovely compliment. Thank you. There's so much technology at your fingertips as a teacher these days. I just try to exploit it. I, I guess if I think of an idea, just go in a zone for 10 minutes, deep thinking, I'll just try and work it out in my head. And yeah, just trying to put the idea, see if it would work. It's not, I'm not Elon Musk by, by a long stretch, but if I was a pupil, I would say I have an idea, act upon the idea. I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem. Lots of people have good ideas, which acting on the ideas. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think you produced some amazing lessons for our primary pupils by turning one of the rooms in your flat into an actual uh, green screen room and made these very engaging videos for the, for the pupils, which they seem to love. So, yeah, I suppose it's taking that idea and the creativity and just acting upon it and, and working hard at it. Can we play a, a quick fire round? A game? What do you want to do? <laughs> right, okay. To put you under a bit of pressure uh, to make you think quickly, I know you're you're more of a, a slow burner, uh, but to see if you can respond as fast as you can to the following eight questions. So all, okay. all you need to do is give me the first answer that comes into your head. Okay? Go on. <laughs> okay, here we go. Question one, Barcelona or Real Madrid? Real Madrid. Question two, what animal best describes your sporting prowess? Cheetah. <laughs> Question... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, focus. Go on. Question three. What uh, most famous sports star you've ever met? Eric Cantona. Uh, question four. Uh, Favourite sport to play? Football. Easy. Question five. Ferguson or Mourinho? Alex Ferguson. Question six. Favourite sport to watch apart from football? It's definitely not cricket. Cricket will be the last <laughs> on the list. Come on, positive here. I say rugby, athletics, athletics. Okay, good answer. Guilty pleasure food? Tacos. <laughs> Not McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> and question eight, the last one. Favourite department in our school out with the PE department? Oh, can't get me in trouble here. How do I answer that one? You're killing me here, mine. They are all the all departments are great. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna drama. Let's go with drama. drama. Okay. Uh, well, th- that concludes our, our podcast for tonight. Thank you very much for your your time, Mister Day. It's been a, a pleasure. You're welcome. Chatting to you and finding out everything about your past and obviously your your current situation uh, in your management in, in Hong Kong, which is is very impressive as well. Thank you. No, it was fun. Thanks very much. I hope that is informative. And yeah, let's do it again sometime. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nattering with the Knights. 
If you want to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes, then please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please reach out to your PE teacher if you have any feedback or ideas about topics you would like to see and hear about in the future. In the meantime, have a great week and we will see you next time.